0: Welcome to the growing your financial business, the woman's way podcast. I'm Robin Crane and I was a financial advisor for over a decade, but before that I was a singer songwriter. And now even as a mom of three with a teenager, toddler, and a baby, I run a seven figure business, helping women in financial services, grow their businesses and make a bigger impact. In this podcast, I'll bring you financial advisors, industry influencers, and highly successful entrepreneurs to give you innovative strategies designed for women. So get ready to learn how to get in front of the right people, get more ideal clients, and be able to grow your ideal business so you can live your ideal life. Welcome to the Growing Your Financial Business, the Woman's Wave podcast. I'm Robin Crane here with Lisa Lopez Chastain. Oh, I don't even know what your name is at this stage. Lisa Chastain. We're still Lisa Chastain and to the public eye we should not even tell them your secret identity now um, but Lisa actually and I started working together a few years ago and I think it's been four years now and Lisa was like one of my best best femmes ever um, and you know those of you who have been femmes you are also one of my best friends don't be sad um, but Lisa has just been just truly amazing she started off with really nothing when she came into my program a few years back and I wanted to bring her on because she's come so far and she did it quickly. Even though it's been quite a few years now, um, you actually had immediate success and you were, I'll tell a little bit of your story just and then you can add to it, but um, you were a financial advisor. Lisa was a financial advisor and she'd been in the industry for three years and still wasn't making enough money to pay the bills. In fact, she was going in the hole about $300 a month on average because the expenses are running the business and then not making enough money. So we are excited, you know, I'm excited to have you here. And I always love sharing your story because she went quickly like to 10,000 in a few months, I think it was, which is like the most you ever made. And then you did a, I remember your numbers, 128,000 in your first year. Yes. So. Lisa is amazing. She's now been on CNBC multiple times. She's been in Oprah Magazine, Fortune Magazine, Entrepreneur Entrepreneur Magazine. She's known as the millennial coach for women in Las Vegas and well beyond Las Vegas as well. But she's very well known in Vegas, especially. And uh, geez, one of my besties and lover to death. So, so good to have you here, Lisa.
1: I'm grateful to be here. Anytime I can spend with you is great time.
0: I know. And we definitely don't spend enough time together. Like we, I mean, I think it was a couple months ago that I left you a message and I'm like, oh, I miss you, it's so ridiculous. And um, seriously, you're one of my only friends because I'm such a dork, but uh, no. But I do feel like you're one of my closest friends and we just don't spend enough time together. So. One of my favorite things about you, Lisa, is that you are always so willing to share and be vulnerable. So you can tell them about that, but tell them because you can jump into some of your vulnerability and share some of your background so they understand more about you.
1: Sure. Well, I think we were, we were talking about what exactly we wanted to talk about on the podcast today. And ultimately, I feel like what I have the most advice on and support with the I practice it daily, taking the barrier away from connecting with people who want to work with you, who need help. And I think when it comes to the vulnerability is that I risk every day and lead the way every day and just sharing what's really going on in my life. Even as a money expert, I'm willing to share the stuff that I go with so that people can connect and relate to them, know that I'm not. On this high horse, or that so far above them that I won't connect to them or relate. And I think that for women in particular, that's a big f- we have that someone's going to talk down to us. I know for me for sure that was something that I worked really hard professionally to overcome. Just feeling like I'm inferior, or fraud, or any of those things. Because like you said, when I started out in the money industry, I didn't have anything to show for myself, really. I didn't, and I never grew up around money. I come from a stagehands, I'm a stagehands daughter. I don't, I didn't know anything about money. And then here I am working in a high net worth firm and I was really out of element and I was really struggling to make money because of that. So it was through the FEM mentorship, through working with you that I realized how to take the right action. But I got so much more out of it because I realized that I can be myself and I can be successful and I can share my failures and I can share my fears And ultimately I get, I get emails daily from people, DMs daily from people saying, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. A lot of them ultimately do become clients.
2: Give me some examples of something you shared that you were afraid to share that once you, and then you did, and you got this incredible response from, can you remember any of those?
1: Wow. To to start with, it was mostly relational stuff, things that I was going through personally, money and otherwise. And so, when I when I started working with you four years ago, I was on the precipice of divorce. I hadn't decided yet that I was going to get a divorce, but it was through sharing my struggles financially of what I was experiencing in the divorce and why we were separating and. I was on a really, like I was on a path. I think one of the first things I shared and I, and I shared in my book is that I went from having $100,000 when I left my first career, when I was 31, I had saved $100,000 in my IRA in my 20s or my 401k. And on the outside, things looked really successful. I had a three-year-old son, I was a homeowner and then I lost my home in the 2008 financial crisis. And so my life went from a real high, high to a really low, low. And by the time I met you, I was almost out of money and willing to share that story helped other people come forward and share their stories. I learned how to help myself first and then ultimately learned how to help them. And, and that's how my business took off.
2: And by the way, I did not mention that Lisa is also a number one international bestselling author. You can see her book in the background if you're watching live. If not, you can look yeah. it up. It's called Girl, Get Your Shit Together. And right. half of Lisa's face because she, she's like, I'm going to use one side and look, this is my good side. So I, you know, people talk about their good side. Like I'm so not that type of person. Like, this is my good side. Like, I have no idea which is my good side, left or right. Or no. I don't know. But did you have to pick like which side was your best side? Or you just like, I'm going to cut my face in half. Okay, this is probably less. <laughs> but, but seriously. Um, okay, you don't have to answer that rhetorical question. I'll, I'll decide for you. Your amazing side it looks great. Thank so don't you. Check- Okay, it's amazing. And she tells great stories. It's very vulnerable. but it's also very real and gives, you know, great takeaways as well um, to help you get your shit together and any of your clients. Um, it's a great read for them as well. So um, tell us a little bit about what you think just from your perspective of being a financial advisor and then seeing other financial advisors, obviously you've been in my community with a lot of financial professionals as well about what's really stopping them from connecting with their prospective clients.
1: I think that it's, In the finance industry, in a male-dominated industry, there are a lot of people out there sharing what they know. And so having been in financial seminars, having learned how to give financial seminars before I came into your world, it was a lot about talking about what we know and who we are and what our credibility is getting to the heart of what these client challenges and struggles are. So we're, there's a lot of pomp and circumstance, in my opinion, about how credible people are and can give this great advice. And what's really stopping, I, I wholeheartedly believe, especially for women in the industry, what's stopping us from being as successful as we could be, is that there's this barrier between us and the client And it's the barrier of the success of looking successful, wanting to appear successful, thinking that no one's going to hire us if they know that we have all of this stuff going on behind the scene. Because let's face it, the truth is that even as a financial professional, you still have struggles with money. Whatever those struggles are, or you have had struggles with money and whatever those struggles have been, not being honest about those things, not being willing to share where you're struggling and that's stopping you from a training your ideal client, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, and I think there's like this huge component just in general of, like, we we as women, and I I say this a lot, but we as women have this fear
0: of judgment. Like, I really do think the number one thing that's holding us back is that fear of judgment. Like, what are people going to think of me? and the irony is that the more that you tell them the truth and the more that you are vulnerable and you know go look at Brene brown like she's talking about it all the time and she's got four million or whatever followers on linkedin i was looking at it this morning but i mean she's huge right and she's very academic and she's talking about you know a lot of the the um uh just the research side of it but the the fact is that we're afraid to share those vulnerabilities and it's so interesting because I remember when I first started, I went to a Tony Robbins event, and I remember being at this event and he was talking about how vulnerability is power. And I went back and at the time I, of course, had very little money. I was sharing a room, you know, at this event with with three other women. So there were four of us in this room. And I remember having this conversation. You'd end these events at like three in the morning, you're tired as hell, but you're pumped, you're pumped. And then the cool thing about having no money is you share a room with these random ladies, and then you get to connect with these women, and it's kind of cool but we're going back at three in the morning and I'm like, I just did not get, like, I don't know what he means, like vulnerability is power. Like, how is that true? And and this is probably, you know, 10, 12 years ago that I experienced this and I could not make that connection. Like vulnerability to me was, and I, it wasn't like it was weakness. Like I didn't think, oh, vulner, like I'm vulnerable, I'm weak. It wasn't that I was trying to prove myself. I just didn't understand how that could be beneficial to anyone. Like, why would I share my vulnerabilities? Why would I tell them my stories and where like the challenges I've had, how was that gonna serve them? And I, there was just a total disconnect. Like I just didn't understand. And it took, you know, it took years of actually, I think witnessing it to see people like Tony Robbins and people like uh, Mel Robbins, one of my favorites today, who, you know, and we've had uh, a fun interaction with Mel, but she is so great about always just being real. Like I saw a video of her in the bathtub, that sounds weird and risque, but like in the bathtub, like just showing her face, obviously, but like, no makeup her hair is like just like drenched on her face you know like she, she she's beautiful a beautiful beautiful woman and she just kind of looked like you know everybody else like normal right and she was just talking about whatever she was talking about and i was like that is so cool i feel so connected to her and she's got millions of followers feel so connected to her because she was just being real and she is like the I think one of the best at just being so real you know she'll be in the car with her son she'll do this she'll just hey I'm like you know talking about like you know kids doing the dishes and stuff and like being annoyed with things or being frustrated with herself or whatever I heard her talk about It was really funny one day I heard I heard a video of her talking about how she really wanted to have abs and she's like But the problem is I had to be real with myself and be honest with myself. Like I wasn't willing to give up things like carbs and things that I like. I like carbs. And she's like, so I just settled for doing like four minute planks every day. And like people, I have nice arms and people just assume my abs look great, but they never see them anyway. You know, like that's so awesome. But like, she's just so real. And so I think like the, what I realized by watching other people, other speakers and, and connecting and being a follower myself or list, you know, someone who's like really paying attention to the influencers out there is that when they're vulnerable with me and i feel like with me even though there's millions of people following i feel like they're talking to me i feel like Mm -hmm. they're talking exactly to me and i feel like we have a relationship whether i've met that person or not Mm -hmm. so i think with financial advisors financial professionals like you said lisa you're taught to like here's the process here's what you say you have your how many letters at the end of your name uh, you know ideally the more the better you got your CFP RICP you get you know you got your what is it AIS I don't even know these things but right. all the letters at the end of your name that make you credible but what's really going to make you credible is the connecting with people and actually the vulnerability and being real with them anything to add right. on that?
1: Exactly. Exactly. I think I can think of same thing that, especially in the millennial space, because I work with a lot of millennials, is that there's something out there called toxic positivity. And that when you come across someone who's just always positive or never really digging into the real issues, that as an as a financial advisor, you could be toxically positive where people can smell inauthentic inauthentic people from a mile away. And for an industry that already has a bad rap in that, you can't afford to not show yourself and be willing to just level with people and get in there with them, share any vulnerability that you have, share where you struggle, share where you're having challenges within reason, right? And then um, and then see what opens up from the from the client side because even as a financial advisor, no matter how much money people have or don't have, they have problems. They have problems with money and you know that, and the more you can share that with them, you're gonna break break that barrier and they'll reach out.
2: And, and I think there's like a, a fine line of what do you share? Cause you are naturally amazing at this. I think just knowing what to share and what's appropriate. And there is a fine line between like sharing vulnerabilities and being real with people and complaining, right? Oh, right. Like, you, know, you do not want to become a complainer. And it's great to, I think, see like oftentimes it's the struggle you've had that you've overcome. So it's in the past. However, sharing something that's real now in relationship to like emotionally how you feel about it. For example, you could have all the money in the world as a financial advisor, be the best at investing in all these things. But still feel stressed about money or you might still you might have an advisor yourself no matter how good at it you are because you make emotional decisions about money when it comes to exactly. your money so being able to tell them that like i don't even have an or i have an advisor like i don't even manage my own money versus saying oh i wouldn't want them to know i don't manage my own money so whatever it is like you find it you you, you can share and you have to test it to some degree but i think it really is it's like how can it's, it's the relatability like how can you relate to someone and make it relevant and 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 then what have you overcome that you can future pace them to to teach them how to get there or to or exactly. to them how to get there? Because okay. it's is so so important today. Um I think there's different ways to share your vulnerability. Like Lisa, you're phenomenal at posting and it sounds like you do this just every day, like you just post. And it's like typically some vulnerability, something real. And it's not always vulnerable, like just the real of what's happening in your life feeling and the emotional component. And I think so one is posting, right? Although most people, because they're not active like you are on social media, um, as one of my friends, Stephen Appleton says, if you're just posting, it's like singing in the shower because no one can hear you. (laughs) So because you're so active and you're commenting and you're you're, you know, you're actually posting so often, people are noticing you because you have developed a following. But what I would say for others is that where you're posting is important because if you don't have anyone seeing and it, it doesn't matter that much unless you get the consistency up. And then um, posting, and then I would say just when you're having conversations with prospects or clients, um, speaking engagements,
0: mostly we're educating, educating, educating. I always talk about motivate, don't educate right? Because you don't don't need to educate them. They can Google that shit. You can motivate them to action, to work with you or do something with you or to take action themselves. Like that's going to move them forward. Mm -hmm. And the stories that you share and vulnerabilities you share within that is going to help. Um, So I'm just thinking of different ways where they can uh, be. Is there anything I missed around like, where can I share these stories or share this stuff that would be appropriate that would actually help me?
1: Sure. Yeah. Well, we have to think about where, where, where are you going? to attract your clients? Where are you connecting to attract your clients so that they know that you exist? It could be your weekly or monthly newsletter. It could be through text message, um, depending on how how many leads have. It could be through a dinner party, Uh, you know, based on different levels and different layers of financial advisors or insurance agents or whoever's coming through in the financial world you're connecting with clients based on where they're at so it is having a strategy to build the right audience if that's what you want to do or a strategy to to get in front of that that ideal person and it really is through stories either your own stories or other stories sharing stories of clients that you have. Let me tell you a story about this client with their permission and how they overcame their challenges. And it's even through others' vulnerability and their stories that people will hear you and connect with you. And truthfully, in my experience, and Robin, maybe I'm, I'm sure in your experience also, is that you're going to attract clients that are like you at some point, either now or in your past. And so your stories are relevant because then they get that you've been through it or you have experience getting them through it because of the clients that you've been working with. Right. So I think that makes you more of an expert than your titles and your designations.
2: Absolutely. Well, that was a great way to bring it all together because that's very true. Um, Like who, where are you going to find these people? Who are the people you even want to find, which is a whole other conversation, but I think that's really key is that you have a strategy behind it like and it seems like you don't because meaning you Lisa Chastain like because you're just like I feel like posting some posting but you're not you're actually intentional with it you're like this is who I want to attract and one of the things that I, I remember actually teaching this to you and you did not get it at first remember when I told you this is also in my book make more money help more people but remember when I told you um, I said what is it um, ah, about the beliefs I'm trying to think of how to how do I say it
0: in my book that, um, I, I seriously can't think of how it goes, um, but basically that you want to drive them to action. Right. So what are the, Oh, here it is. What are the, what beliefs? They need to have? I can't think of it. What do right. the they need to have in order to act now? So I remember like vividly years ago when I was like, you you know, what are the beliefs they need to have in order to act now? And you're like, you keep saying that Robin, and I hear you, but I do not understand what you're talking about. And we must have talked about like how to do that multiple times, but it like, wasn't hitting. And I'm not saying you're dense. I'm just saying it was like, yeah. a really weird thing to say. I couldn't even think of it for a second. But like, what are the beliefs they need to have in order to act now? So let me break that down for you guys, because now Lisa totally gets it because you're doing it. And I think you were doing it even before you understood what the heck I was talking about. But what are the beliefs they need to have? So beliefs are driving behaviors. The behaviors are what you want them to do, whether it's, you know, comments on your post or whether it's meet with you for, for a virtual cup of coffee or whatever, you want them to do something. And so what are the beliefs they need to have in order to get them to do that, to act now, to take action, to work with you, to buy from you, to, you know, just meet with you. And so those beliefs might be, they have to believe you're an expert. They have to believe that you care. They have to believe that you've been there. So that's what we're talking about is like ultimately if you want anyone to do anything and that's what you're trying to do, influence them to work with you in some capacity because you're so freaking good at what you do and they should work with you they'll have a better life. Like you have a good intention. You're, you're in the industry to help people. Right? So if you think about what are the beliefs they need to have, and then you're intentional about that, that's where like being vulnerable, being real sharing stories that are relevant come in. Because if you think if I tell them this story, like Lisa told how, at, you know, in, in my 20s, I was able to save $100,000. And then when I started my own business, I basically over three years, it lost it all, it didn't it, <laughs> it all because I wasn't making enough money. Like mm-hmm. now you're like, oh my gosh, there's a lot of advisors out there who might be in that space where, gosh, it seemed kind of easy when you had a job and you had a steady paycheck. And then you could put money, become this financial advisor has happened with me as well. You become this financial advisor and you feel like a fraud, you have imposter syndrome because you're going into debt because you don't know how to grow a business, you know, so we can tell that story. And I have a similar story, you know, that I tell and Lisa tells to inspire them to be able to overcome those things because the belief is if she can do it, I can do it. If she went into debt and then invested, you know, working with Robin, even though it was her, you know, last dollars in order to do that, I can do that and I can turn my life around and maybe I can be on CNBC or I can, you know, be in Oprah magazine or I can have a best selling book.
1: Yeah. And the only reason I was able to do any of that stuff was that I had the courage to stretch outside my comfort zone. No one told me growing up that I could be in Oprah magazine. No one told me that I would be able to be an author, right? Those aren't beliefs that were instilled in me. And a lot of the time I had to borrow your belief, Robin, that if I did those things, if if I was willing to stretch outside my comfort zone, that I could get the results that I wanted in life. And ultimately, the financial piece has come with it. I am learning how to run a successful business. But the success that I really wanted was a stable life a loving marriage, other kinds of results that come with financial success. And so it's the belief system. You have to believe that you can help people. And by telling your stories and getting those new results and helping people come, come across. And for me, it's helping them overcome their money challenges. Then my belief system will change over time also, so that I'll continue to take action and help people. And it's just, it's a revolving, it's a cyclical thing, which is what you teach in the mentorship. Ultimately, you have to believe, hopefully from this podcast, that by willing to share valuable stories and get past the circumstances or the red tape of the industry, that that's going to make a difference for your clients. And I know it will.
2: And one thing I will add as well, because we talked about different ways where you can be real with people, where you can be vulnerable, where you can share your story, where you can um, stop just teaching and educating them about the difference between a ROP and a traditional IRA. Um, But I know what you're thinking as like, as you listen to this podcast, you're like, oh, yeah, but I can't do that because of compliance. Now, some of you have really strict compliance. You might have really strict compliance. You might not. Um, But if you are thinking, I can't do that because of compliance, I would definitely encourage you to think outside the box because and think, what can I do and how can I do it? Because what's happening today, I think the pandemic has given everybody an opportunity to learn how to grow business. In like online, basically, where, where being a financial advisor was never an online business. And it's like, welcome to the world of digital marketing, guys. You know, we, we've been teaching this anyway. Um, you know, you learn strategies that work, you know, online in the last four years, well before the coronavirus hit, because it makes sense. It's uh, so much better for your time. I remember Lisa was like travel, like meeting everybody like for the first year, like oh, a cup yeah. of coffee, this cup of coffee, that like every time she got on the call, it was like she's in the car driving, driving, driving. I was like, girl get on your computer, get on the phone, like stop driving everywhere because every time you go meet someone for a cup of coffee, it's like a five hour game. Like it doesn't, it's not fast. Um, but backing up to the compliance thing is that yes, there's compliance. Yes, that exists. Sharing your vulnerability is not out
0: of compliance. You know, being real with people and sharing your personal stories is not out of compliance. Like it's not, it's, it's not, um, it's not an issue. It's just that sometimes as you know Lisa told me before we started kind of recording you're like people hide behind compliance like as like their excuse oh I got to get it approved yeah sometimes it's a pain in the ass but like so what get some some videos done or if you can't do videos get some stories done get some blogs done, get something that has some personal attributes some personal branding in there so people because people are going to hire you not your company they're going to hire you and get that through compliance. And as long as you're not promising 10%, 20%, 100% returns, you should be good. Just like talk to them, have conversations. So, you know, did you find that that held you back at all? Because you, when you were a financial advisor, were you a lot, you know, like more um, just, I guess, cautious about those
1: things? I think the biggest thing, honestly, Robin, is that if we have to pass something through compliance and we have to be willing for other people to know what we're going through, And ultimately, it's maybe not even the compliance process. If you don't want other people to know that you've struggled, not even your audience, but people internally. And for me, that was the biggest crux of all of it is I was working with successful financial advisors who had millions of dollars themselves. And I was afraid to share what I was really going through financially with them. And I didn't want them, the firm, whoever in my internal world to judge me or to shame me or to be like, hey, whoa, like maybe you're not the right fit here. And so the the compliance is the red tape or the process or the system that we perceive as what's getting in the way. But if we're willing to look within, maybe it's that we just don't want other people to know what we've really struggled with or been through because it damages our credibility. And I think it's the opposite. I really believe it's the opposite when it comes to your audience. They're the only ones that matter anyway. And you know
0: what, there will be people that judge you and too bad they can, you know, who cares. If we worry all the time about what people think that goes back to that fear of judgment. Like we're just so scared of, of how people are gonna look at us and what they're gonna think of us. And um, I'm sure this is the case for you cause I know it's the case for me is like, I don't like it. I don't like being judged. I don't like being critiqued. I don't like it when people don't like my shit. I don't mm-hmm. like it, it doesn't feel good but I'm willing to do it anyway for the sake of impact. And as I like to say a lot, like I choose impact over fear every time. And I've learned that, you know, cause my whole mission in life is to help, you know, women in the financial services to push the needle, to help you be more successful. So you can stay in the industry and inspire other women to be in the industry. If I play small, because I'm worried about one person who's probably super broke, the one that's gonna judge me and tell me that I'm pushy and I'm salesy is the one that has no money and is not successful. If I'm gonna let those people dictate to me that I'm not good enough, then I can't help the people that I that I know I can help. But it just so happens that typically the people who are positive and like my stuff like are the ones who are more successful and who are getting the results who are not like living in negativity and all those things. And I'd rather choose to one, listen to my inner voice instead, or two, even I like to listen to those people as well that prop me up and give me some, some, some credit and, and make me feel good because like you, I'm able to, to impact their lives. And like, that's everything. So the more you do it, the more you get kind of um, addicted to helping more people and changing Lives and doing it faster and, and transforming and like the more you share your vulnerabilities because you're like wow if I can help Lisa do this I mean I I remember Lisa like the first conversation we had being like this woman should be like I wasn't judging it was the opposite I saw the potential I was like you don't have money you're broke like I don't get it because you do not have a broke mindset you were so in abundance you had so much to give you had you know helped raise all this money for charities and i was like you should be successful this does not match and most of the women i attract either they're already successful and they have way more potential to go well beyond or there's someone like lisa which is rare but like because a lot of people maybe that don't have the money aren't necessarily there yet like in their mindset but you were like I know I have the potential. I know I can do this. And you were willing to be vulnerable. You're willing, you're in my book, chapter two, like doing whatever it takes. You were willing to do whatever it took to get there. And that like has gotten you so far. And thank God that you took the risk. and And whether it was me, it could have been someone else to help guide you there, but you were gonna be successful no matter what because of that drive, but you couldn't do it alone, right? You had to have that help. And I'm just so impressed by you and everything you've done. And uh, just love like the inspiration that you bring to this community. So give them one last kind of tidbit about any advice you have or um, anything that you would like to share with them so they can really go and take action on this.
1: Well, I think the biggest thing is, is that you have to, here's my invitation for you, right? Stop. Trying to be perfect and stop trying to appear perfect to your audience or to whoever it is in your life. Because the more you pursue perfection, I believe that you're you're moving away from the miracles. And I really believe that the miracles are in the messes. And especially when it comes to money, there are 75% of Americans working with a financial professional. And the more you seek perfect perfection and you want people to perceive you as this very successful person, I think you're moving further away from your actual audience and having the impact to help. No matter what kind of person it is that you want to help in the industry, they're out there, they need you, and you've got to be willing to show your stuff. You've got to be willing to get raw and real with yourself first and share those little things that make you imperfect. I believe you're going to have a whole lot more fun that way. You're going to have a a more authentic life. And I think you'll find clients that you love working with.
0: The miracles are in the messes. Miracles are in the messes. Good one. Is that a Lisa Chastain original? It is. That's a good one. You should post that if you haven't already. Miracles are in the messes. I love that. Um, Lisa Chastain, you guys check her out, get her book, girl, get your shit together. Um, she's also got really cool stuff on her website at lisachastain.com. You can find her all over the place when it comes to social media. What are your handles?
1: Lisa underscore Chastain four on Instagram.
0: Lisa underscore Chastain four. It must have been quite a few, maybe three. Lisa's there, but you made it. All right, cool. Well, thank you so much for being here and thanks for all your wonderful advice. And those of you who have joined us today, thank you for
2: being here and listening to Growing Your Financial Business the woman's way.